being with us. Thank you so much, Abuna, for having me, and it's a great blessing to be uh, with uh, Saint Mary, uh, whether in New Jersey or in Chicago, and it's a church where all my fathers are there. Abuna, Abuna Morrison, Abuna David, I'm very blessed, Yani. Thank you so much, Abuna, for having me. Um, today, actually, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, a very uh, important idea that Jesus Christ was talking about, but I don't know if somebody is able to pull uh, the Gospel of Mark, uh, chapter eight. Uh, we'll just do like the. I'm gonna look at, at a small section. But if you guys look today at the at the reading of tonight, you will see there's a very clear message that repeated almost three times. And the the message doesn't only repeat, but the pattern repeats. The pattern repeats, and they're all exactly in the same section. It's not different gospels. It's one gospel. There are three patterns that are repeated in which our Lord Jesus Christ talks about discipleship. What are the three patterns? We're going to look at them. Uh, what are, uh, we're going we're gonna to look at them, and I'm going to point it to you so you guys can follow along if you have your Bible with you. The first thing that our Lord Jesus will do, that he will announce his suffering. After our Lord Jesus announces his suffering, the second thing that happens, there, are mi- there is a misunderstanding about his suffering. And then the third thing is that there is teaching that our Lord Jesus Christ gives his disciples. All of this happening at the end of chapter 8 to the beginning of chapter 10. The same thing happening over and over again. Three things, three times. Three patterns, three times. In 8, in Mark 8, 27, this is by the way the reading of the ninth hour of the 8th of Monday, which we read right now. At uh, Mark 8, 27, there is a location. It says in Caesarea Philippi. Caesarea Philippi is all the way north. This is farthest away from Jerusalem. Our Lord Jesus Christ makes an announcement in 831. He says, the son of, the son of man must suffer, be rejected by elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. So now our Lord Jesus Christ is claiming and announcing his suffering. Now there's a misunderstanding. Who misunderstood the message of suffering? Peter. Peter took him aside in 8.32 to 33 and they started to rebuke Jesus. Imagine Peter is rebuking Jesus. He's telling him, don't say that. And he's rebuking. It's a, it has more meaning than just don't say that. Okay, he was a, a bit more aggressive with Jesus. Peter could not understand the idea of suffering. Could not take it. Tarfin, it's like what? When people right now, they say, why does God allow suffering so much? Or any small problem in their life, oh, that God doesn't exist. Man, those kind of people, God knows them very well. They're far away from Him. They're far away, most of them, from suffering. But they try to use their own fears and failures and anxieties to blame it on God. So here we see our Lord Jesus Christ is 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 explain is, is is seeing the first misunderstanding about his suffering. Somebody who does not want to accept suffering. Somebody who does not want to accept the suffering. Somebody who does not want to... That's why God told him, get away from me, Satan. 
Why did he tell him, get away from me, Satan? Because you cannot set your mind, what you do, what you're telling me, is things that are of the earth. It's not of God. It's not of the divine. Anybody who is not willing to accept suffering as a path of God will never understand God. Now look at the response of Lord Jesus Christ, 834 to 9 verse 1. Talks about discipleship. Peter misunderstood the suffering. Then Jesus treated this misunderstanding by teaching him how to be a disciple. He told him, if you want to become my followers, let if you want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up your cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For what will it profit a man if he begins, if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his own soul? So God is telling him, you are coming to me and you're afraid of suffering because you're so worried about your soul. You're so worried about yourself. By the way, I'll tell you guys something interesting. I was taking uh, in a class recently and uh, we were studying educational psychology. So the professor shared something that was very interesting. He said that people in the West are willing to spend so much money on how they look and their health because there's an underlying fear of death. This underlying fear of, a, of death. And God here is saying, if you are not willing to suffer, you cannot be my disciple. That's why, the, I'll tell you guys actually a very beautiful story that Abuna, uh, Abuna Lua mentioned in one of his books. He said that when he was serving as a priest, he saw a, kid, a lady in her 30s. And she, she, she started helping a lot of, a lot of the poor with her money until she was barely able to manage her expenses. And he said later on, she was diagnosed with cancer. And he said when she was diagnosed with cancer, all what she asked God, she told him, God, I wanna, I want you to give me peace. And Abuna said when he went to visit her in the hospital, he said, I saw a peace that surpasses all understanding. And the doctors told her that she has few months to live. She has few months to live. And Abu said he had to go travel outside the country. He said he came back. God did a miracle with her. And she was alive and she was back to service. And she was back to normal life. But those are the people who understand what does it mean to carry the cross. And what does it mean to be the disciple of God. Actually, I had, uh, because of the COVID-19, uh, I had somebody who just passed away actually recently. Right before he, they put him on a ventilator, he called me. He's like, Abuna, please pray for me. They're about to put me on a ventilator. Yes, what would you like me to pray for? Ali, that God may forgive me my sins. He's not calling back to complain why did God do this? And all this nonsense that we do. Yeah, I'll tell you one more thing before we go to the next next uh, situation. You will, it always surprises me that people who are in the West that have the most comfort 
they complain the most. And people who are in Africa, who have nothing, they're very thankful. It tells you about the true discipleship of God. And I always tell the, the youth whenever whenever we go to serve in Kenya, for example, that when I see people in Kenya, I get worried for my own salvation. When I see how they are taking everything they have with a lot of joy and peace that surpasses all understanding. So that was the first instance. It was in Caesarea Philippi, all the way north. Jesus proclaimed his suffering. And Peter refused. So look at the second instance. Mark 9 verse 30. Location is in Galilee. Which is now he's getting closer to Jerusalem. So we're all the way north. Now we're getting closer to Jerusalem. And 9.31. Jesus proclaims again that the son of man must endure suffering. He says the son of man is being betrayed into the hands of men. And they will kill him. And after he is killed. He will rise on the third day. So here he was talking about what? He's talking about his suffering. Alright, he's talking about his suffering. Now what happened? The disciples started arguing among themselves in 932 and 34. This is a misunderstanding. Who's the greatest? So Jesus, the first time, Peter said, I don't want suffering. Now the disciples are arguing who's the greatest. And you have to ask yourself, why are they arguing about who is the greatest as Jesus talking about his suffering and his death? There's one thing I just noticed recently. They were talking privately. It means they knew that Jesus wouldn't be happy with this conversation. So most likely, they thought of Jesus as a king. And they think that they will be the ones who will inherit the power of Jesus after he dies. So the one thing that would send their mind is, well, who is the greatest? Who is the greatest? Our Lord Jesus Christ is talking about discipleship. And they are talking about who is the greatest. Because what? They want to replace Jesus. Who is going to be the next teacher? Who is going to do all the miracles? Who are we going to follow? It's almost like people who who are coming to church and they have wrong interest. They want to, for example, do miracles. They want to be famous. They want to be respected by people. They have even the spiritual desires they have is mixed with their evil desire. I remember uh, one of the stories that affected me a lot. In my 40 days, I was reading uh, the book of by Abu Shui Kamil. It's the diaries of his 40 days. He said something so beautiful. He said that when he was searching his heart, he found that he was seeking the virtue of humility, not because it will bring him close to God, but because he heard about all the saints that could do miracles, and he thought that, uh, and all of them have humility. So he said, you know what, it's nice to have humility. So I could also eh, become one of those saints. So he was seeking humility so he can be great. You see the irony? So here the disciples, they are misunderstanding Christ. Jesus is talking about suffering. 
And they are talking about, well, how can I benefit? Jesus is talking about how you can be selfless. And I'm thinking about how can I be selfish? Jesus is talking about how can I deny myself? And I'm thinking about how can I take more even inside service? Even inside the service. That's one of the biggest problems. Then what did Jesus do? Jesus again started teaching. In 9.35 to 37 it says, If anyone desires to be first, if your problem is that you want to be first, he shall be last of all and servant of all. Anybody desires to be first, he shall be last of all and servant of all. I remember there's actually a, a beautiful story that Abuna Lua was telling us about where there was actually a, 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 a youth who was far away from the church. And Abuna Bishoy tried to reach out to him, he didn't respond. Abuna Lua tried to reach out to him, he didn't respond. And Abuna Lua said one time he was in the church and he saw this youth coming. And he was in tears and he asked him that he wanted to confess and he wanted to become, yani, become closer to church. Fabuna was surprised. Hello, did you, did you see a vision? <laughs> like it's it unexpected that this man would become, to go back to church. Hello, no. Hello, did you read a verse that affected your heart? Hello, no. Hello, what made you come? Hello, look, I, I am in, uh, I'm in engineering, this school. And there was a Christian professor who known to be a man of good character. And everybody loved him. And he said that we were sitting in the lecture and then they had one of their grade. Uh, he was a Muslim guy and he was, he was a little bit aggressive. So the professor, while this kid was talking in the classroom, the professor told him, please pay attention. So the kid I started arguing with the professor and yelling at him and telling him, why do you mistreat me? Is it because I'm Muslim? And made it a big deal. Even to the point that his Muslim friends started arguing with him. So the whole lecture turned into chaos. So the professor was sitting in so much peace and calm. And then after a few minutes, he took the microphone and he calmed everybody down. And he told him, look, he's talking to the kid who insulted him, cursed him. Told him, look, I have two options. I could treat you as a teacher or I could treat you as a father. And I chose to treat you as a father. And if I did anything to you or I was mistaken by telling you, pay attention, forgive me. And I'm not upset at anything you did. Can you imagine a a kid, a student who insulted the professor? The professor told him, I'm sorry because I told you to pay attention. The, the 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 Muslim kid could not take it. He went, left his seat to go kiss the hand of the professor. And because of that scene, this Christian person who was in the audience decided to go back and and uh, go back to church. The question for us today is: How much can we truly, truly? Work we do to deny ourselves. The first type of people that we saw in uh, in the ninth hour of Eve Monday, people who don't want to accept suffering. The second reading that we did is the eleventh hour of Sunday, Palm Sunday. Those were people who want to benefit spiritually, 
who want to benefit materialistically from spiritual atmosphere. From a spiritual atmosphere. Now, let's see the last, the last pattern, last location. The last location was in Jerusalem. You will see this in Mark 10, 32. You see, we're actually, by the way, three chapters, 8, 9, and 10. All the same gospel, same patterns. Jesus talking, people denying or misunderstanding, and Jesus explaining. Now in Jerusalem, but when they got really close to the suffering of Christ in 10.32. Our Lord Jesus Christ made an announcement in 10.33 to 34. He said, Behold. By the way, the word behold in the Bible, you can trace it, translate it as like breaking news. Okay? Behold. When you hear behold, it's like behold, the king is going to have a child. Behold. We are going up to Jerusalem. And the son of man will be betrayed to the chief priests and the scribes. And they will condemn him to death and deliver him to the Gentiles. So Jesus is telling them, I am going to die. Now they're very, very close to Jerusalem. And Jesus already talked two times about discipleship. And about how much you have to carry a cross. Look at what happened in verses in chapter 10 from verse 35 to 41. The son of Zebedee. They went to Christ and told him, grant us that we may sit one on your right hand and the other on your left in your glory. Initially, they were thinking of these things, but inside their hearts, and they knew that if they told Jesus, he was not going to be happy. Now there is no shame. Now the disciples have no shame. They're going straight to tell him. We want to be the, we want to be after you. That obviously causes problems with the disciple, causes divisions with the disciple. Also talks about how they misunderstood all the mission of Christ. This is moments before Jesus was crucified. The closer that Jesus gets to Jerusalem, the greater the betrayer becomes and the greater the misunderstanding becomes. The greater he gets to Jerusalem, the greater the betrayal and the misunderstanding become. None of this stuff prevents him from carrying the cross. Because in it is the ultimate listen. God said, once I'm glorified, once I'm lifted, everybody will be drawn to me. And then our Lord Jesus Christ answered the son of Zebedee in 10, 42 to 45. He says, he explains again the nature of discipleship. But whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servants. And whoever of you desires to be first shall be slave to all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And not and to, and to give life a ransom for many. He's telling them that you really want to be the, the top people with me? You have to be the least. You have to be the least. I'll tell you guys something. One of our biggest problem, and think about it this way, by the way, that ask ask yourself, and I ask myself, how much do I worry about what people say and think about me? How much do I worry about the likes that I get when I put a message? Or the attentions I'm getting from people? And God is saying, I want you to understand that when heaven is, the, the eyes of heaven is on you, that means everything. 
I'll tell you guys something so beautiful but to wrap up this point. So we talked about three patterns, just to review. We talked about all the way in the north, in Caesarea Philippi, there was God announced that he will, be, he will suffer. Peter rejected his suffering. Jesus explained that you have to suffer to be a disciple of Christ. Second, they were in Galilee, getting closer to Jerusalem. The disciples were talking among themselves. They're like, mm, we want to see who's going to be the greater. Jesus talked about discipleship and how you have to be the least of all. When they got so close to Jerusalem, Jesus again said, I will, be, I will suffer. Now the disciples have no shame. They went to Christ, straight to Christ and told him, look, we want to be on your right and your left. Jesus then started talking about discipleship again. You know, you know what's so beautiful? That this three patterns, they are in, 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 engraved in two miracles of healing people who are blind. Before these three patterns happen, Jesus in eight, in chapter eight, twenty-two, twenty-six, he healed a blind man, and it did not happen anywhere in the Bible that he healed him in two stages. He healed him, told him, I'm only able to see trees. And after this, he prayed again, and he, he was able to see. In chapter 10, after these three patterns are over, Christ healed a blind man right away, Bartimaeus. And as if St. Mark is trying to tell us that the disciples are blind, and they did not get the message, right away. And they represent this blind man that it took, Jesus had to open their eyes in two stages. One, until he gets to the cross and when he get, when he got the cross they can barely see. Barely see. Do you guys understand that let me tell you guys something. When you look at the story, for example, of the blind man, the man born blind that we read in, in, uh, uh, two weeks ago on Sunday, you will see that the blind man, he believed in Jesus as, as God when he was kicked out of, synag- of the synagogue. Not when Jesus healed him, by the way. He believed in him when he suffered. We have a misunderstanding of our life these days. We look at getting a great degree, going into a white coat ceremony, uh, dressed in a nice dress, having a nice car. These are the things that we now call blessing. That's not what Jesus is saying. Jesus said, if you want to be my disciple, you need to rejoice in tribulation. How many of us when they get sick, or they found distribution really, uh, thank you God. That's what God is saying. That's what God is saying. And that's we as the children of God need to keep in mind. And uh, Yanni, this is, this is the biggest misunderstanding that repeats over, and I always, I always wonder why did St. Mark repeat it three times? It shows you that God is talking and we're not paying attention. It is in front of our own eyes, but we can't see it. And Jesus has to do healing twice in order for us to see. 
I want together all of us to go to, Jesus, to our Lord Jesus Christ this week and tell him, God, we are blind. We could barely see. Our faith is weak. We are unconsciously believing. We're not awake when we believe. We want to go together to God and tell him, we have issues. I cannot accept suffering as you want. Disciple me. Teach me. Correct a lot of the understanding that I have in my mind from the culture around us and things around us. This is a time, my brothers and sisters, for us to get a personal teaching from our Lord Jesus Christ. May God give us this week to become a week of true discipleship and a true week of enlightenment and a true week of God opening our eyes so that we can see Him and glory be to God forever and ever. Thank you, Abuna. Thank you so much. We miss you in Chicago. I miss you too, Abuna. Pray for me a lot. Does anybody have any questions for Abuna? Anyone in the Zoom meeting have questions for Abuna? Thank you, Abuna, so much. Thank you for Thank your you. Uh, your time and God bless your service and your priesthood. Thank you, Abu. Pray for me, Abu. Give me a prayer for me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God be with you guys. Tomorrow night, uh, we'll be blessed to have uh, a, a Father Nathaniel from Atlanta, the priest of St. Mark uh, in Atlanta. So it will be another great night. So we look forward to seeing you also tomorrow night. Everyone have a good night.